0: From Beast and Hype Radio, I am Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. Over the many, many past episodes of The Business of Hype, we've had the pleasure of hearing from legendary icons, major industry movers and shakers, and true trailblazers but in actuality whether you've been in the game for 30 years or just three months each person has something that you can learn from this week we have a special treat where we get to hear from someone who's on a meteoric rise with what looks to be a trajectory of being a staple in the art and design world for many years to come you probably saw her ikea sandal on instagram maybe her Kodak camera slipper or her sweater made out of carhartt beanies The list goes on and on. She has obviously a very keen eye for repurposing existing brand materials to create some of the most wild and weird looking footwear, apparel, and accessories concepts that you've seen. But deeper through lines are abound in her work. Branding, corporate initiatives, upcycling, the environment, giving back, social media, and female creative empowerment. So I needed to hear all of this firsthand let's welcome the very strange brain that is Nicole McLaughlin. Welcome to the show. Uh, I I love having sort of like new up-and-coming people that like are on the meteoric rise. And what's really cool about like today's society is like someone could just feasibly come out of nowhere and I know you didn't come out of nowhere you came out of somewhere and we're going to get to the somewhere but you kind of came out of nowhere and then like this hockey stick like boom overnight (laughs) like the closest thing to an overnight sensation that you can have really in this day and age right um so I'm really uh honored and blessed that you came into the studio can you introduce yourself who are you what do you do
1: sweet well thank you for having me um I'm Nicole McLaughlin um I'm a graphic designer at Reebok but I've developed quite this side hobby of upcycling and making stuff out of other stuff and just trying to like i don't know bring bring it into the fashion world bring it into the world in general so you're a
0: graphic designer by by trade
1: yeah graphics and i mean it didn't start off as graphics it's um just kind of what i got into after college Mm -hmm. um I can kind of talk about, like, where I started in that regard, but...
0: Yeah, we'll get to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's still a full-time job for me, still still a graphic designer, um, 9 to 5, and then pretty much every night, all night, every weekend, mm-hmm. just making stuff and, like... The more you do it, like, the more, like, you can't stop. Like, yeah. I just can't stop now.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So, you, you're you full-time. That means you live in Boston right now, mm-hmm. so right? Yeah, living okay. in
1: Boston. I've been there for three years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I started as an intern. It was, like, a year-long apprenticeship Uh uh-huh. doing, and I was doing graphic design for sport. So, I was okay. doing, like, running graphics and
2: mm-hmm.
1: all over print tights and that kind of stuff. And then was introduced more into, like, the classics world, and I was, yeah. like so into the archive and all, like, Mm -hmm. the the old-school Reebok stuff, so I was, like, constantly doing research and then was fortunate to get a job doing graphics for classics, so I got to do all, like, throwback t-shirts and ASOS packs and Uh all those fun things that come with it, but, yeah. yeah.
0: And for people who don't know, like, yeah, Reebok is sort of differentiated, because... There's like Reebok's kind of funny. There's like Reebok CrossFit, which yeah. is like a whole universe onto itself. Yeah,
1: that's not me. <laughs> that, Full disclaimer, that's that not is not her. me. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, if you do that sport, it's probably like the shit. Yeah. Right? If yeah. you're into that. Yeah. So yeah, I could you're not CrossFit material. No. <laughs> no. Um and then there's there's Reebok, uh, like sort of the main line, mm-hmm. right? And then there's classics, which is like heritage and stuff. Yeah. Which probably most listeners of Hype.
1: Or more, know of that yeah. one, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah. it's good that you landed in that. So before we get into what you do now, I think it's really important that the listeners understand like your pedigree and where you came from, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you're young, but you still obviously came from somewhere. Yeah. So where were you born? Where did you come from? Let's start from the beginning.
1: All right. So I'm from New Jersey originally. Like Jersey in the house? Jersey.
0: <laughs> I'm from Monmouth County.
1: From oh, no way. Yeah. My dad is the manager of Monmouth Mall. If you know. Really? Yeah
0: that's amazing that's so cool <laughs> that's so
1: random <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's pretty iconic there um, <laughs> um yeah but so you know i'm from new jersey i always get like the eye roll when i say that um mm-hmm. like living in boston is any better than yeah living i know from new jersey. <laughs> um but yeah so i grew up my parents were both like really supportive of me being like creative i was always drawing always like doing something artsy my mom's actually an interior designer for like commercial spaces so she was really like hey like Mm -hmm. feel free to do that like don't hold back and so I never felt like I couldn't express that I guess Mm -hmm. um and then I have an older sister too and she actually went to FIT in the city so she did like knitwear so that was pretty cool like we both were pretty into yeah yeah, creative stuff um and then In high school, actually, I took like one graphic design class and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I actually had a deaf boyfriend while mm-hmm. I was in high school. Cool. So I learned sign language. You're
0: like fluent sign I'm language? I'm fluent in
1: sign language. Man, I really want, that's like on
0: my bucket list. I okay, really want to learn sign language. We can make that happen. Just so I can like talk shit about people yeah, in public places. Yeah, it's really,
1: actually really convenient. And also,
0: wait, so I, not to digress here, but when you know sign language and someone else does, does that mean you can talk to each other from like opposite sides of a room? Yeah. As long as you can see them, you yeah,
1: can talk to them. Yeah, exactly. So cool. <laughs> it's really, really nice. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, So, I mean, I didn't know sign language, but Mm. I, like, met this guy and I just thought he was cute. And Mm. I was like, oh, he's deaf. Like, I should just learn sign language, like, not knowing what that meant. And, like, went home and was like, oh, my God, like, learn the alphabet. Like, and then we kept in touch and, like, we ended up dating for, like, three years while I was in high school. So, I mean, we're not together now. But it was really cool because, like, I had the opportunity to, like, challenge myself and, like, learn this outside of school. So, I kind of feel like that's, like, I don't know, like, very important thing in my life is like all the stuff I have, like my nine to five or like school. I'm always trying to do something outside of that. Um, So spending a lot of time doing that, but yeah, so I actually chose the college that I went to because of that. Cause I was going to study speech language pathology.
0: You were into this dude. I was into this dude. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we broke up, Um, but I still went to pursue that in college and like, quickly realized that I was that was not what I wanted it was like okay. it was like neurology and like mm-hmm. it was just it not was creative no it wasn't great yeah. I was like into it for the sign language not for all the other stuff that came with it yeah
0: and that what school is this
1: East Stroudsburg University okay. so it's like it's in Pennsylvania in the Poconos and like the <laughs> mountains and uh-huh. so like
0: wonderful place to vacation yeah <laughs>
1: living yeah it was pretty off the grid um And, like, I mean, they had, like, that program, so that's, like, specifically why I went there. And I was also playing college lacrosse for a little bit. Oh. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you're really good at lacrosse. No,
1: I'm not really that good. But But it it helped me get me into college. Wow. Um, And, I I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was just, like, I realized I was, like, this isn't something that I need to, like, spend all my time doing. So. And
0: how is uh, East Strasburg's graphic design department?
1: So... (laughs) Just so wanted. notable. <laughs> yeah. Everyone it might, it goes might very well be. I don't know. No. no, it's it's very small. So I went originally for speech language and then like quickly realized like, oh my gosh, this isn't what I want to do. Do I transfer? Like I was mm-hmm. looking because my sister was going to FIT. I was like, should I go there? Right. Like I Having was Having the
0: time of her life probably. E- oh right. yeah,
1: I'm never sleeping. And <laughs> she wasn't really selling it on me, but I was like, maybe... Like maybe I should be switching to an art school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was doing like a gen ed that was like a photography class that we like I chose that specifically and I was like in this one building that was like on the on the other side of yeah. the campus that no one would go to, but they had like all this production stuff. They had like a small like T V production studio uh-huh. and like a photography room and I like found myself gravitating towards that and i was like okay like they have a program but it's really small and i was like Mm -hmm. maybe maybe i can make this work
0: right but it was also like your own world like Mm -hmm. they kind of had a whole planet for you over on the side yeah and like no
1: one was using it so like and you'll hear this later again it's like finding those small little resources that you can and like i like found that and i was like okay they have like cameras i can rent they have Mm -hmm. like computers that i can use so like i'm gonna hang out here Mm -hmm. so i ended up Staying, graduating,
0: and graduating
1: okay. four years. And I, yeah, what did you
0: switch to finally?
1: It was digital media technology. So I did like sound recording, I did like commercials. I was like on like the, the radios, yeah, but like I did like radio plays. And like, um, how was is that like, different
0: than the DJ? Were
1: <laughs> no, you the DJ? No, no, I wasn't the DJ. It was like I had to do like the commercials for like the <laughs> school, like it was like oh. me it was so embarrassing um but yeah it was like (laughs) (laughs) it was just like a good experience I think and like so another thing about that major was it was so low-key and like they really didn't demand that much out of you Mm -hmm. I mean it was kind of what you made it and so like (laughs) I gave myself like so many projects like I was constantly like any free time I had I was like trying to make something or like put together a production or like get my friends together and like do something so I was like Busting my ass, even though I didn't have to. Yeah,
0: that's very entrepreneurial. You yeah, know?
1: yeah, I guess so. Now that I think, I'm about picturing it. <laughs>
0: like a t- like one instructor in this building, and like when you came in, there, he was like, what, "I have to work now. Yeah. <laughs> like I have to yeah. do something." Shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not hating on them. They've actually like really upped their department, and okay. I think they have. It's a bigger department now than it was back then, which is really okay. back then like three years ago. But it's still like really cool that people are, like, going there now thinking, like, oh, like, I can actually pursue this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, so it was good. And then, so while I was in my last semester there, that's when I was, like, applying for a bunch of things Mm -hmm. and trying to see, like, what that next step would be. And then I found the apprenticeship for Reebok online mm-hmm. and applied for it and didn't hear anything for like six months. And it was like the day before I was going to graduate, still didn't have a job, uh-huh. anything lined up.
0: You applied at a bunch of places. Though, I uh, yeah. yeah. And
1: nothing, nothing. nothing. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> yeah. Indeed does that really? not work. Nothing. No, no, no one wanted me. And then, so I don't know, I guess it was like kind of last minute for Reebok, but they like had to still fill a few roles for this mm-hmm apprenticeship program and they gave me a call like the day before I graduated and like did an interview and they're like you got it and I was uh, like oh my god like what I'm going to Boston <laughs> I'm going to Boston <laughs> like never been there just accepted a job there wow so
0: did they house you
1: no I had to go find a place <laughs> I had a month and it was just like drove up there that weekend it was like yeah that's
0: dope I mean that's it was you know, lucky that's a, that's it was brave. lucky yeah. that's really brave thank
1: you it was really scary but it was like i needed to do it or or else i had to stay at my parents house so it's like we're moving like it's done i'm like i don't care where it is but i'm leaving so yeah and then
0: i I want to ask you more about your your upbringing because like i could see in your creations there's like a dna of some knowledge of history of sneaker culture fashion outdoors Mm -hmm. like so what were you into when you were like young what kind of fashion and were you a sneakerhead? Like, what no, was going on?
1: I was not... A, well, okay. I wasn't a sneakerhead, but I was really into, like, skateboarding, and mm-hmm. I was really into skate skateboarding guys, I uh-huh. guess. That's kind of what yeah. gravitated me towards that.
0: Deaf skateboarding guy. Oh, No, yeah. no, <laughs>
1: De- no <laughs> he, <best>. he was. <laughs> he was a deaf skateboarding guy. Yeah. And it's so sad because he can't hear this podcast. <laughs>
0: We have to figure out a way. There's like a technology for this, no? I don't like, know. <laughs> we'll do a closed caption, okay, like yes. for him. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Um, <laughs> so shout out Jake, even though he won't <laughs> feel
0: way. Um, okay. So you like skate culture, so aka liked, skate guys. Yeah, yeah. I like
1: skateboarding guys, and then. I yeah, I was into like I mean I wore like stuff yeah. from Hot Topic, but I was into like Osirises and like mm-hmm. D D C D C and like Etneys and like that kind of stuff. For and sure. like and like Converse and I would always like do my shoelaces all fancy mm-hmm. and like draw on my shoes, like that kind of stuff. But I wasn't like a Nike head or like okay. even I mean, even like Reebok and stuff like that, that wasn't really on my radar. Okay. I just kinda wore what I thought was
0: And you weren't even fun. into like I thought you'd be like a camper.
1: Well, okay, so that I mean this kind of comes in so I'm not like from the wilderness. I think people think I'm from like <laughs> yeah, the boonies totally. and then they say I'm from New Jersey and they're like, Oh, <laughs> who are you? Um but yeah, I mean I, I've i been in outdoor I don't know, I've been into the outdoor stuff yeah. for a while. But I mean I think going to school in the woods yeah. kind of helped East with that in yeah. Strasbourg in the middle of nowhere. Like kind of helped with that because like there was some really cool like camping stores around and like pretty low-key stuff um but i do remember like as a kid wearing like l.l bean and Mm -hmm. like uh, north face and that kind of stuff stuff. oh my god so many columbia jackets and like i remember like because i would ski and like snowboard as a child and so like I'd always have like that jacket, and I would try to see how many like ski tags I could get on it in like mm-hmm. one winter, and like keep them all on until it was Yo, like this big. thing. That
0: must be a jersey thing. Oh yeah, that's yeah. gotta be some weird <laughs> with the metal hook. Yeah, and, it's such a. Jersey. And then the paper starts just peeling <laughs> yeah. off the metal hook.
1: Actually, one of my favorite <laughs> things today now is because I find so many Columbia jackets. I love when they have those ski tags on uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> I get like super <laughs> excited. I'm like, "What year is this from? Like, <laughs> when did you go skiing?" Yeah.
0: Okay, so you're in... So fast forward a little bit. You're in Boston. You've mm-hmm. got this apprenticeship, and it's like a full-time job. It's like nine to five.
1: Yeah.
0: And are you like stoked on life right now?
1: I was stressed. I was so <laughs> stressed was out. It, was it not paid? No, it was paid. Okay. It was good. They, I mean, you... It was pretty close to like being a real person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still had that buffer of like, okay... I'm still, like, an intern or apprentice. Like, if I mess something up, like, it's it's not going to, like, crash and burn. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you did have a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that I was in a place that I can, like, take projects on and, like, be like, hey, like, I want to be that person you can rely on.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty stressful. And to be honest, like, I, the first, like, few weeks there, I was, like, so, so nervous. Like, mm-hmm. freaking out because all these people went to these art schools and they, like, were really talented. And I was like... I don't even like. Do they know? Did they hire the right person? Like, I like. I was so convinced that they like made a mistake, and I was just like showed up there. And and one
0: day they'd be like, Nicole, come in.
1: (laughs) I was like, I was like waiting. I was like looking at my watch, like, when is this gonna
0: be over? Like, let's enjoy it. Did you have Um, a portfolio review? Like before? Yeah. Oh
1: my god, I put together like a PDF, and I didn't have any like apparel design skills at all. Like, I had like a few like photo manipulations on like the videos that I had done, and like. I didn't I had one t-shirt in my thing and it was for a bar crawl for my college. <laughs> <laughs> and I put that in the
0: thing. You're too. like oh, fuck I was it. Like, going
1: here, in. Here it shows my uh apparel. So you t- had skills. like
0: TV stuff, video stuff, mm-hmm. one T.
1: One t-shirt. It was such a janky. It was a PDF. <laughs> it was like so just thrown together. I didn't know like I didn't know what cads were like I didn't mm-hmm. know like what a proper portfolio tech pack, or- tech pack i didn't know anything and so like Damn. it was so scary going there yeah Yo,
0: but you know what we got to give kudos and props to the reebok h and hr person that saw <laughs> a diamond in the rough with your pdf the like
1: glimmer yeah here folk. she was
0: like something's here man this bar crawl tee is like
1: <laughs> we have to have her <laughs> It was... They are right. I, I, yo, I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. No, but I mean, I felt with that. I had that underdog mentality. Like, mm-hmm. I busted my ass that year. I did not... Like, I didn't live in the apartment that I was renting. I was, like, sleeping there. At the and office? Literally. I got in trouble for sleeping there. Wow. Because I was, like... I, was, <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say that. No, but
0: it was because you were so, like... You just wanted to show and prove so yeah, bad. Yeah,
1: I did. And, like, I just was, like, I can't, like, miss out on this. Because I knew this was, like, my shot of, like, staying in the industry. Because it was, like, if this ends and, like, I just go back
0: home, like, mm-hmm. I'm
1: never, no, like, that's yeah. it. Like, that was it. Oh, that was a fun you, run. You like, would
0: pick up the reins of Mammoth Mall manager. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be
1: your. Oh, my God.
0: You <laughs> would hand that baton down. <laughs>
1: Father son business. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. So yeah. it's desperation. That, like for you to stay. Yeah. It yeah. was like survival mode. Mm. Um. But I have to say, I learned a lot about myself that year mm. in like the corniest way possible. Just because, like, I don't know. I was like, I have a work ethic, and like, I have. Yeah. I have talent. I just need to like. I need to work Mm -hmm. to find that. And
0: that was like the testing ground for it. That was, yeah. Do you remember any moments where like you like the confidence meter moved up because you were like, holy cow, I did something and everyone around me like kind of likes it? Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, and like I think like I started getting samples back and that's such a surreal feeling, I guess, if you're in this industry and like in design and Mm -hmm. like you get your first like – sample of something you made and usually it looks like garbage but mm-hmm. it's still like exciting to see it yeah. and you're like wow like and I had to say like the other apprentices I was with they were doing like really great stuff and like but I was getting like so many samples like like so much work and I was kind of realizing like my manager gave me the opportunity to, to take on more work than mm-hmm. like a lot of the oh, other okay. apprentices had
0: I see so you were getting more I was samples getting than other more
1: samples get. and I was like like okay interesting so like i didn't really realize like how much work i was actually doing and then there was one like pivotal moment where i got this project and like I didn't know anything about it. And mm-hmm. this is like, this is to show you like how much you can learn in such a short amount of time. Cause I didn't know who Vetma was like, okay. I didn't know of this brand.
2: Okay. So Vet-mon, and I was like
1: saying Vetaments Cause I was like, yeah. I, I don't That's know. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, <laughs> You're
0: I, from Jersey. Oh, yeah,
1: I could just
2: <laughs> That's how you that. say the New Jersey. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So they, uh Vet-mon was doing a collaboration with Reebok, with Reebok. And so they sort of they, said there's this project. There's
1: this project and mm-hmm. it's this fury, this like scribble fury. And like, it was like a full pair of shoes and they gave it to me and they're like, we need to mass produce this. And it was a handwritten on shoe. And I was just like. By
0: them? By him?
1: By, yeah. By Demna, Dem- Demna. and Guram. But yeah, they like sent over this like white pair of furies that was all scribbled on was like, figure it out. Mass produce this.
0: The samples that you had done before, were they apparel samples? They were
1: apparel samples. So I, <laughs> I, was, in a forward, <laughs> I was in a footwear <laughs> designer, but it was graphics. So they were like, oh, graphics. Here you go. Okay, And like, I don't. It was it was a project, but I didn't like I didn't know. I was just like, okay, like mm-hmm. I can figure this out.
0: Mm-hmm. It's probably better that you didn't know. It, it, oh, oh my god!
1: This. Yeah, <laughs> I, like <laughs> thank God. I but I like then had to take these shoes uh-huh. apart. Like this pair of Furies oh, with shit. their handwritten like it smelled like sharpies, and I'm like looking at these shoes. Like if you look up these OG shoes and you see like the scribble all over them, you're gonna be like how is this mass produced? Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't think people understand like what it took to make them like, Oh, it's like drawn on. And Uh it just was like, to take apart every single piece of that shoe, which has like how many elements on it to begin with. And then so
0: wait, you just started ripping them apart. Mm -hmm. That's so. This is my intro.
1: My introduction to seam rippers was (laughs) at this moment. Um, So yeah, so then I took apart this shoe, like very carefully. And then I had to, like, scan every individual piece. Mm-hmm. I had to create Photoshop brushes to mimic, like, the bleed of, like, putting Fair a marker, marker on yeah. a fabric. And, like, because it's, so it's a sublimation, which is, like, a treatment that you use that's, it's like a um, paper press, pretty mm-hmm. much, that transfers, like, the graphic onto the material. And so I, I like, was just, just learning about sublimation and, like, how how can I make this look handmade? Yeah. This took me so many hours, <laughs> <laughs> so many. I, this is when I started sleeping there. So uh-huh. it was like <clears throat> once I realized like who Vet mall was and like did more research mm-hmm. about them, mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, these are pretty important people. And then I was like neurotic about it. I was like, they're gonna know if it's not in the exact position that they drew it yeah, in. So, like, it's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: you've started to have respect for what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. for
1: sure. And like, with that project working, oh. like, this, when that sample came back and it looked right, and like, people were, I mean, people were really excited about it <laughs> back then. Like, yeah. like, what is this shoe? Like, who is VetMa? Who is, why is Reebok collaborating with them? That was such like a pivotal moment, yeah. and that's like right around the time that I got hired at Revok. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was so they offered
0: you from apprenticeship to full time to full time, okay?
1: Classic. So it was all a very like exciting time. It was I was so tired and like even I was like pretty burnt out. I have to say after like just my first year of working, mm-hmm. cause I like ran myself ragged. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was like so so rewarding to see that and so i think from there it was just like okay like there's something here
0: man what a crash course to footwear development and design the ventmont reebok collaboration was her first project we're not talking about simple color swaps here if you haven't seen the shoe please look it up what may look like simple scribbles across a classic silhouette To Nicole's point, these are mass-produced designs that needed to be exactly the same for each and every pair. That process is very detailed and time-consuming in order to get it to a point where it's a scalable production model. Knowing this, it makes perfect sense why she's so meticulous with her concepts today. It's a true testament to her talent. And let's not forget, it's all about that grind. It's great to hear how hungry young designers still are don't ever take an opportunity for granted because you never know what that might bring you next. Working at one of the biggest footwear brands, working on a major shoe collaboration with a famous fashion house or going back to the Monmouth mall, even though there's nothing wrong with that. Shout out to Mammoth County. The awareness of her underdog mentality and confidence is what many should continue to have. She said it herself. She has the work ethic. She has the talent. It's just a matter of working to actually find that job. We can work so hard looking for an opportunity that when it finally comes knocking, we sometimes forget. Remember, that's not when you let up. That's actually when the real work begins. And for those who are in the position to provide an opportunity, keep your eyes out and truly gauge for potential. Be that Reebok HR personnel who took a chance on a bar crawl There are so many young designers, writers, and thinkers who are willing to put in the work but just don't have the outlet. Be the enabler that can spot that diamond in the rough. A lot of people might not know this, but Reebok actually has a parent company. Mm -hmm. And the parent company is Adidas, Yeah. right? So Mm -hmm. you actually had a little opportunity to dip like a pinky toe into (laughs) the three stripes world. Can you talk a little bit about this process?
1: Yeah, so it was actually pretty recent. Um, it was probably in like late September, early October of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Dolce mm-hmm. from the farm came to Reebok and was looking to get some people from Reebok at the farm Oh, really? and to, to start that relationship and mm-hmm. be like, Hey, we have this program here. And like, we've had a lot of Adidas, uh, designers come through. Maybe we should try try to start this relationship and see if anyone from Reebok would want to come. And it was, like, immediately, I was like, I want to be there. Like, it's got to be me.
0: (laughs) But you knew what the farm was. I
1: knew what the farm was. And, like, for me, it was, like, it sounded like Disneyland. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, you get to go there and you get to, like, design and learn. And it was just, like, really exciting. And so I had a really great contact um, that put me in touch with Mark Mm -hmm. at a time. So I was able to, like, meet with him and talk to him. But this was around like, the earlier phases of me starting, like, my personal work that people kind of know me as today. Mm -hmm. And so I, like, just showed him a few of the things I had done. Like, when he came to visit, I was like, hi, like, I'm Nicole, Mm -hmm. I'm a graphic designer, but look, I can do maybe this too. Uh Um,
0: What were some of the pieces, like, the most recognizable pieces that you did at at that that time? time?
1: Uh, I did that volleyball shoe. Uh And then I did, the first one that I really did that kind of took off was that, L.L. beatnik one it's like this yellowish uh it's like an aloe bean fleece that Uh i put on this like keen sole okay um so i showed him that and then i showed him this adidas sweatband slide thing that i made (laughs) it was like a terry cloth it was cute and like i made it like specifically because i knew he was coming
0: okay so you want a little three stripes (laughs) yeah Yeah. i wanted
1: to like add some adidas in there um
0: were you um this is such a stupid question but were you like instagram famous yet at this point no
1: i had like i think i had like Four thousand followers, maybe. That's pretty good. Like, I mean, it, it was. I yeah, it was like, but that was just like of knowing like a lot of people like uh, okay in like bot, you hadn't like, gotten
0: press yet. Or no, anything.
1: no press. Okay, no, none. All right. And so that yeah, this was all really new for me mm-hmm. and like, um. But yeah, I mean, they and Mark
0: me. Dolce is like an OG. Yeah. So like, he's super OG. Were you like nervous interviewing? I was anything? nervous. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: because like I knew he was like super knowledgeable and like, I didn't want to sound stupid talking to him, especially about like Adidas or like even those like sneakers in general. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I'm not a footwear designer. And so I was like, I'm a graphic designer, but like I want an opportunity to work around footwear and work around apparel. Like, and so he was really great. And Mm -hmm. like, Totally. Like, I wasn't really sure, like, if he was hearing me because he just kind of gave me this, like, blank stare. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, it was like that nervous, like, interview feeling. But then he he was like, yeah, let's do it. And Right like, then and there? He's like, I want to make this happen. Oh, and then, like, that weekend I got a call from my manager and was like, you're going. So literally within a week that I, like, went to New York for three months and, okay. and was able to, to work at the farm which was really, really cool and really, really intense. And I I think until you're really there, you don't understand, like, what happens there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I worked days that, like, it felt like, again, like I was back in that, like, internship apprenticeship phase where I was, like, Busting my ass all day and mm-hmm. like, but the time just flew by. Right, like I was there. I'd get there like eight in the morning, there till like eight at night, mm-hmm. and it just didn't even feel like a day happened. Like it just would fly by.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. And you lived really in Brooklyn, good. or you lived? I in... lived in Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, cool. They
1: put you up in this nice place, and oh, like, wow. you you really feel like you're embedded in uh-huh. in New York, and like that that was exciting for me. Yeah. And it was a nice like switch up, like being in Boston the past few years. It was like a really cool experience to live, to live here yeah, and, sure. and to kind of get away for a little bit.
0: So let's rewind us a little bit because you had already tinkered with some of these creations, yeah. right? Can you go back and remember, I mean, like when is the first time you decided, I'm just going to fucking make some shit? Yeah. Like not work related, right? Because you're yeah. like grinding at the job. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to create something personal, you have to carve out that outside time. time. Mm-hmm. So what was the first time you are like, I'm making this, I'm doing yeah. this?
1: Yeah, so... I mean, for me, it's so funny because, like, the stuff I'm doing now isn't new to me. It's just new to the the (laughs) The world. world, And, like, I was really scared for a while to kind of put myself out there and to show it, especially on Instagram. But I guess it was around, like, 2016, 2017, like, when I was still relatively new in Boston. That's when I was, like, starting to mess around, I guess, with footwear and, and that kind of stuff. And I made a shirt out of Dover Street Market tissue paper
0: okay a it, wearable shirt uh, like wearable, conceptually conceptually, conceptually wears,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. wearable it had buttons on it it was like a true button-up shirt Damn, like it had like dope. it was really really is that, difficult
0: is that on your instagram
1: it's on my Instagram. It's it, on it my. I, it
0: <laughs> it <ripped.
1: laughs> Yeah, it was really delicate.
0: That sounds awesome. It's though.
1: It, it's in a ball right now because it just didn't last. It's in a ball. It's like it just I crunched it. it up. I was like, I tried to move, and it just
0: was yeah. it like a button down shirt. It was a
1: button down shirt. made out of the
0: tissue paper. The from tissue Gover paper.
1: Street. Yeah, I made like a full collar and everything, and like it was just to kind of test myself to see like could i do this and i i was just i didn't have like a pattern for it i went off of like an existing shirt that mm-hmm. i had and i was just like kind of mimicking in that mm-hmm. and then
0: wait before i want to understand the thinking
1: mm-hmm. okay why why well, so i had this so <laughs> i keep things and like uh-huh. i i don't know i just thought it was like aesthetically pleasing so the i tissue I kept paper the tissue paper from like something i was something i bought like a long yeah. time ago and it's just like
2: sitting there uh-huh.
1: and i was like cleaning my room and i was like looking and i was like i feel like this could be something and it has like that pattern mm-hmm. on it with, with like the, the logo houses. yeah yeah and so i was like it's like an aop like an all over print and yes. that's like what i was doing at work was like uh-huh. making all over prints and i was like oh it would be really cool as okay. like a shirt
0: and were you, like were you intrigued with like the branding of dover mm-hmm. street too like, yeah okay yeah i
1: just thought it looked so nice so there's and like, like
0: power of brand all over print mm-hmm. interesting texture yeah and then why a, a shirt though
1: I had never seen that. I don't know. It just came to my mind. And I was like, I feel like this would be really interesting as a shirt. And like, I
0: I really can't. Because some people think you're like a comedian almost. Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you looking for like the punchline of like, what is the most ridiculous thing that i could make yeah with this. i mean is okay it that so is that or is there any of that in you is there a comedic oh yeah, bone i mean there definitely is oh, okay yeah,
1: It there definitely is there's some projects i do specifically knowing that it's like this is a joke and some people take it so serious yeah. and i'm like no but, it's no, supposed you, to be fun as a, as a
0: comic like you ride that line perfectly whereas like is she funny or is she serious <laughs> that's the best it's like seinfeld you know like you... Oh, you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i mean i think that's like the the funnest part about it is like mm-hmm. where is that line like yeah. where can i draw that line and like
0: pencil case pants is like yeah th- I mean, perfect balance but it's
1: wearable <laughs> and like it just it makes sense and like i don't know once you saw once i saw like this shirt mm-hmm. i think i i picked shirt because i didn't have enough tissue paper to do anything else <laughs> yeah, with yeah. it and so and like i know if i like did anything too aggressive it's gonna rip Mm -hmm. and like now it's not together anymore but yeah I mean I think that was like my first introduction to that and Uh then like not so long after I did that this like Ikea sandal with like an Ikea strap and that went like a few weeks later I don't know I just kept seeing Ikea everywhere I don't want to say it was me but it was just like it was timely. So
0: it was the Ikea Tyvek shopping bag, the blue bag, right? Mm-hmm. I and took you, the straps yeah.
1: off it. I mean, as everyone has seen a million iterations times. Iterations of it, Iterations, yeah. but I did this, this like, strappy sandal of mm-hmm. it because I had a blue sole, like, that I found okay. in the office that matched that the, blue. Matched the yeah. blue, like, perfectly. And I was like, ah, like, it's, it's just, like, a match. It, uh-huh. it just works. And I have those moments a lot where it's, like, the colors just go together mm-hmm. or like the soul and like, I don't know. It's just like you, yeah. it just works sometimes. I think the, the interesting part about what I'm doing and like the question I get a lot is like about the souls and like that kind of stuff. Um, when I was, st- when we were still at Reebok in Canton, that was like mm-hmm. our original headquarters was yep. like kind of in the suburbs of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, it was before we moved and like, we got the announcement that we're moving into Boston mm-hmm. So we actually still owned that building for a little bit and it was not really being used. Yeah. And we had it until the end of the year. And it was this huge headquarters and it had old samples for like from like years and years and uh-huh. years of product. And that like, they
0: didn't take to the new headquarters?
1: No. And so that's the thing. It's like with you these big corporations, it's like we have a great archive. So they take a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. And like we have um We'll just we just have a lot of product like yeah, that's naturally like how yeah. it goes and like you can't keep everything mm-hmm. and like you shred things and yeah. um i there was just boxes of these these samples of shoes that and like and behind. it's just one pair so it's like you can't like donate it or yeah. whatever it's just it's like one side it's mean. one side yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's it's useless it's garbage, so, yeah. yeah and so like i would go back there uh-huh. on the weekends when because like everyone was like in this new office but we still had that building and i would just go there on the weekends and like rummage around and try dumpster to dive, find. So i was literally dumpster diving <laughs> in that place the stuff that i found was like crazy but it was really cool because like that's when i started Like taking Mm -hmm. advantage of that and being like, "Hey, I have these resources, and you gotta use it." One man's trash is another person's treasure. My treasure, I will use it. Were you doing this
0: with like a little crew of other designers or something?
1: No, no one joined me in my.
0: You mm-hmm. like on a weekend, just go back to the old mm-hmm. office, yeah. Access key card in, and yep. then just start rummaging.
1: Rummaging, rummaging. And I no, I, I hope mean, you don't get in trouble for this. I know. I <laughs> they know. I mean, I I still do it there, and like it's I It's do still it. there.
0: It's still you no, can still no, no. In
1: like the new office, because like there's still it's just a lot of like trash, and like it's samples <laughs> from like other brands too. It's like mm-hmm. samples that you reference, yeah. samples things that you buy, and like. I don't know, just things like laying around. It's like, or people's own personal things that they don't want anymore. So they'll just bring it and like leave it there. So Uh like, I mean, I don't use anything that's like hasn't gone into production. I don't use anything that's not an existing soul. Like Mm -hmm. if like I use like a Zig shoe, if Mm -hmm. you know what that is from Reebok, like that's been out for years and years and years. So it's like, I'll just take one of those and it's like, they're going to throw it out and Mm -hmm. it's going to go burn in a shredder somewhere. (laughs) So like I might as well use it. So that's kind of the mentality I had. And so I... I mean, my apartment started accumulating like so much stuff because I was like, I can find a home for this. I can use Mm -hmm. this. Um,
0: Were you making this stuff at home or at work? At home, the sewing part.
1: I was hand sewing everything. Well, at first, I mean, because I didn't know how to sew, and like I this like around the time when I made that IKEA shoe, like I was like, hot gluing stuff at Mm -hmm. that point because I was like, I I don't know, I just want to get the idea out. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it was like it was so scary, and I think a lot of people today like they're like, oh, I don't know how to sew it, so I can't do it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's an idea. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to look great. Like, you just have to make it and see what happens. And if you like the way it looks, then, like, continue finessing that and, like, continue working on it until it looks good.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Thank it's you. like yeah, rapid it's, prototyping. Yeah, just exactly. Just, patch it just make it yeah.
1: and then see if the vision is there. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, for me, it's, like, not everything I make looks good mm-hmm. after. It's just, like, but the idea, like... We'll be there. Like one of the shoes I've more recently did it was like um a beach ball mm-hmm. shoe. And like I I got the I found like a bunch of old beach balls like at Goodwill, like in still in the packages. Yeah. And I bought it in like October or like November. And it just sat there because I was like looking at it and I was like, I know I can do something with this. I just don't know what it is.
0: So the beach ball just sat there. It just sat
1: there and I was like looking at it and then like one day it was just like okay, I get it now. Oh. Like I just understand, like, I just know what it should be. And, like, sometimes you just have to, like, sit on Mm -hmm. it for a little bit and, like, think about
0: it. Yeah. In our last episode of The Business of Hype, we talked with the one and only John Jay. One of his main pieces of advice is to always experiment. Experimenting in your life is one of the most valuable things that you can do. And the fear of failure is something we both consistently see that literally stops creative people in their tracks. The great thing about Nicole is she simply goes for it. Since the beginning, she lives by that and doesn't get ahead of the notion that what she might have might simply only be an idea, but she needs to get it out. And from this is where she can continue to finesse and make it better, realizing what she needs to do or maybe just move on to the next idea. If there's ever an idea you might have, you should just go for it. If you're a graphic designer but want to experiment by making a sculpture, do it. If you've been at an agency and you want to have a unique strategic perspective, step out and make that connection. There's nothing stopping you and there's nothing stopping Nicole. She's doing all of this on her own. She can find inspiration from retail packaging, dumpster diving for souls, and just stitching something together that is some of the funniest but eye-catching pieces of all time. All of this without someone second-guessing those moves for her. Take it upon yourself to make your ideas come to life. Let's talk a little bit about the IKEA sandal because, Andy, you know, you said it went Viral mm-hmm. and going viral.
1: Yeah, that was the first time. That was the first time. I ever experienced like viral on even like a smaller scale. Yeah, like, it was on like Watson or something. Uh-huh. One of like one of those design
0: sites. Like yeah.
1: reposted it, and I like felt famous for like a five seconds.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I was like, oh my gosh, I got a hundred likes. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, that's kind of when I experienced like what that is, and also like what it feels like with when people take your idea and Uh like i mean i'm not the first person that ever did anything with ikea so like there was other things that have been done before me but it was like in that moment when i did that slipper that's around the time that everything started popping Mm. up and so that's actually around the time that i got scared and didn't post my work for a long time why because i was like someone's gonna take my idea someone's gonna do that and i got like really Mm. butthurt about it and was Mm. like i don't want someone to steal my idea and then like I don't there was like a huge shift and I think it was like I don't want to say like a coming of age but it was like a it was just like I've had this moment and it wasn't even that long ago where I was like listen Nicole like <laughs> like look at yourself and like you're not the first person to ever think of an idea and like this is a platform that you can use like to show your ideas and if you're consistent about it Mm -hmm. and you can come up with these ideas and show that like you're not just like a one track mind and like you're just one Ikea shoe and that's all you are then like
0: put it out there there. and
1: like after I had that mentality that's when things took off because I was I was so scared that I was gonna get ripped off and like you can't because like someone else is gonna always make something and like Mm -hmm. as long as If you're confident, like, what you're making and, like, you put it out there, like, I mean, you're always at risk. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. And to me, my ideas are, like, it it doesn't, it's not permanent. And Mm -hmm. that's that's something that people kind of don't understand about my work. It's, like, I I just make something just for the idea. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to, like
0: make a brand make a brand right right sell
1: these things Uh like it's it's just an idea and like i'll always come up with something else so Mm -hmm. you can steal my idea but i'll always come up with something
0: else. yeah and if you are consistent you'll be known as the creator of all of these ideas
1: yeah which is so cool and like (laughs) (laughs) i get so excited because like sometimes now people are like oh yeah i saw this like slipper and it made me think of you or like Mm -hmm. now when i see like like those stupid like hand wipes like i think of
0: you the (laughs) pop-up hand hand
1: wipes Uh, which had so many gross memes from it it was (laughs) terrible that's another thing that comes with this is like these Mm -hmm. memes are like so stupid um
0: do you get um i I don't know if you like read all your comments but do you get like hate comments too um or is it mostly supportive
1: it's mostly supportive i get a few. Here and there. <laughs> and like, it used to bother me, and like, I used to get like a little bit, not like, I was more just like, they don't understand. Like, I need them to understand, like, what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. like, and like, after a while, you just, you can't, you yeah. can't just like fight that. You right. just have to let it happen. And like, I mean, I'm doing what I like to do, and like, not every project is everyone's cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. But like, for it's me, art. it's like, it's like, fun. Yeah. yeah. And like, I enjoy doing it. It's art. It's art to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like the biggest thing right now is like the comments that I get, they're like, Oh, you could be making so much money. Like, why don't you sell this? And like, I just, in this day and age for somebody not to be able to just access something at the tip of their fingers, like I, I, they could just buy it right then. Mm -hmm. I like having that authority in that sense where it's like, you don't have to own everything. Like you don't have to buy every single thing that you see and Mm. like, it's not like that. So
0: that's a very strategic move on your part, too, because yeah. it would have been the natural thing for most people to be like, bid now on yeah. eBay. You yeah. Know?
1: And like, it's not. And like, even, even doing so, I recently launched my small yeah. web store, and that was a very smart decision and difficult decision for a few reasons, just because I have a lot of Waste now from the projects that I do Especially Mm -hmm. when I work with like jackets And fleeces and stuff Yeah, I keep everything Like Mm. I don't throw stuff out And like it's accumulating Yeah I could imagine (laughs) But like I don't want to throw these things out So that's when I started making these like small bags Uh And so like right now I'm like Okay if I can just produce like a few bags Make some profit That goes right back into the stuff that I'm doing So I can afford to be able to have this hobby Yeah like then I'll do it mm-hmm. and like it gives people a little bit more I don't know um feeling of like connection to m- me as a person me as like a brand I yeah. guess in it's that like a way brunch. yeah and like because like, you've
0: never sold a shoe yet
1: no I've never sold okay a shoe.
0: do you um do you like pristinely display them in your home no no please tell me they're not like just no, they're tossed all over the yeah, place they are.
1: they're in like I have like these um bins that these like
0: Uh, rubbermaid things yeah there's like
1: rubbermaid bins they put them in there and a lot of them don't exist anymore why because i reuse elements or the souls or whatever i take them off that's blasphemy it's i mean it's hard there's a few i've kept there and like now i have to be smarter about it because like i'm just starting to show Uh in some spaces i did like a recent like women's in boston like art gallery mm-hmm. kind of thing so i was displaying some things there so thankfully i have a few that are still intact so i think going forward
0: you'll save them i'll save them Good.
1: but it's, <laughs> it's hard it's hard and then like some don't say like i made a shoe out of balloons like that was gone yeah. the next day <laughs> so like <laughs> right, right. things like that um you and, know when
0: when you go back and you said um the thing about like when social media started to happen and people started to rip your stuff off and then you were like afraid to post um the revelation of just saying like just put it out there Mm -hmm. what prompted that revelation like you know like you said you talked to yourself but was there like a friend or like a mentor or were you just like coming to these realizations on your own
1: i think on in this instance i've had a lot of great mentors and a Mm -hmm. lot of great advice from people but it it was in this moment where i was like i can't be scared it was just me telling myself because i had made that l.o bean one And I was like, "This is really cool," and like, I want to show somebody this, Mm -hmm. and like, I don't want to keep this to myself, and like, I posted it, Mm -hmm. and like, I was getting these comments, which was like really interesting. At that time, was like, it was like, "Oh, what year is this from?" And Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, I made it!" Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, and like, it was just so cool for people to think like it was an actual shoe, and like, yeah. I mean, I think it was just like that. I hit that point where I was like, I have so many ideas that I'm like. Mm-hmm. holding in and, like, the world, I guess, will never see them. Yeah.
0: But, you know, social media for a lot of young people, it's, like, it could be paralyzing. Mm-hmm. You know, where, yeah. like, you just, you're, like, so stuck. And it sounds like you hit that point yeah. where you're, like, oh, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. And a lot of people can't, it really affects them mentally and, like, mm-hmm. you know, it can't they can't get past it. So I just wanted to know if there was, like, a guiding voice or if you were just, sort of, like, confident enough to I, tell yourself yeah. that.
1: Yeah. No, and I mean, I found that confidence, but social media is such a challenging thing and like we're I've, everyone's talking about it now but it's like for me I don't want to re- like I don't want to rely on that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rely on like Instagram cuz like what happens when it's not there anymore? Yeah. Like and like I'm using it to my advantage where it's like I'm able to show these people like the stuff that I can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But like in the future I see it being more like print or like w- working with actual brands or like mm-hmm. doing these things. So it's not so like superficial, like on yeah. the internet and right. that like you, you want don't... it to be
0: real. Yeah. yeah.
1: And like, I think the, the cool part about it is like seeing it in person. Mm-hmm. People get really excited to see it cause it's like you get a, a different
0: experience. Totally. It's yeah. not
1: just like, Oh, you see it like on your page for mm-hmm. a second. Like it's, it's And real. there's other
0: things in culture now that I'm noticing, like there's a comeback with vinyl records, mm-hmm. like, these old school barbershops are like popping up yeah. everywhere. There's like something where people want to get offline now. Yeah, you know? And
1: that's the, it's the experience that comes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you lose that experience yeah. on, on social media and it's, it's sad. And I, it's exciting that people are recognizing it finally, mm-hmm. that it's like, this isn't like
2: what we, sh- <laughs> yeah, this isn't life. This
1: isn't what we should be relying on. Then, like, especially right. for artists too, it's like you have to like use it when you can for your advantage. But like, you need to get out there. You need to meet people and talk mm-hmm. to people. And, like, I try to answer people when I can. And, like, my even, like, my first drop, I wrote each of them, like, a handwritten note yeah. <laughs> about, like, what they bought. Because, like...
0: In the caption, you mean?
1: No, like... Oh,
0: a handwritten note it, like, card.
1: When I, when I sent them <laughs> this stuff, because it was, like, it was exciting for me that they, like, wanted to buy something uh-huh. from me. And so I wrote them each a note about, like, the products that they, they bought. And, like, mm-hmm. I think buying buying into this was buying into the experience so Mm -hmm. you're buying a piece of that project and so like it's the leftovers from x project but some of them have really cool stories like the hat short
2: Mm -hmm. that i did
1: that was i did make a bag out of Mm -hmm. it and that was like my grail and i was so happy that someone bought that one yeah um but i wrote him a note the guy that bought it and i was like the hats that i got for this i bought like while i was on a trip in amsterdam and like i just so happened to find like all these Uh hats so it's like i don't know you want the experience yeah, and totally. you lose that on right. social media. Definitely. Yeah.
0: The topic of social media has always been a divisive discussion on the business of hype. On the one hand, we understand the usefulness and the strengths it brings to an overall company, a brand's products, or in Nicole's case, an artist's work. There's the exposure, the sense of community it builds, and the awareness that spreads for what you're working on. It definitely helps me reach out to all of you listening on a daily basis. But on the other hand, we need to better understand how to use it and how to make it affect us or not affect us. It can be debilitating and do more damage than good. Take some time and determine the purpose of why you need to be online. Is it for people to buy what you have? Is it an outlet to get people to see your work? Is it a way for you to connect to people outside of your own town or city? Whatever the reason, try to be clear about it with yourself and never lose sight of the world that exists outside of that. You know, the real world. Nicole knows about the ups and downs of social media. She felt instant love with the IKEA sandal and then felt an instant blow to her confidence once people would copy the ideas she posted. Just as much as you can really shape these online platforms as your tool, you can shape an offline experience to something that's true to you and true to what you're trying to build. Remember, what you see online is oftentimes the finished product, the brainstorm sessions, the hard work, and the failures. You rarely get to see that on social media, but that doesn't mean that they don't exist. Um... Let's call your life crazy right now, yeah, right? So Let's, I assume your life is crazy right now. <laughs> when did it start getting crazy?
1: Ooh. I like, it just like, it keeps getting crazier. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Like on a weekly it, basis. It's I like, <laughs> yeah. And like, I just never thought this would be me, uh-huh. I guess. And like, because it happens so fast yeah. and like, I didn't realize how fast this can happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like excited. Like, the first article I did was actually with Vogue, which I was like freaking <laughs> out about. It was like, Vogue wants to talk to me? I was like, what? <laughs> um, and that was in November. So, like, it's what was
0: the object that they like?
1: The tennis ball. The shoe. tennis ball. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that one is still like when people think of maybe one project mm-hmm. from me, like, that's like one that they gravitate towards. Um, and so, like, it's hard because I feel like a lot of people are capitalizing on like different aspects of it, like for the sustainability aspect mm-hmm. of it, which I mean, I'm super excited about that people are like, I didn't know that recycled materials could look this good and yeah. like for me like that's so sick Like right. that's exactly what i want you to think um but then it's also like thinking about brands in a new way like mm-hmm. thinking about these underrated brands like even a brand like coleman or like yeah. i don't know even like
2: wilson or wilson or like
1: it's brands that you don't think about but that's another like strategic thing because we're so oversaturated by like the same few brands it's like like
0: the hype brands the
1: hype brands and it's like you see nike adidas Uh like over and over again it's like to see a different brand that can look cool or interesting yeah like even i mean I know that for me, my work isn't like something that everyone likes, but it's at least I think my point of view is a little bit different mm-hmm. than other people. So that's what it grabs your attention, whether you like it or not, it like kind of,
0: it makes you stop in your feet. Yeah. Really? It does. Oh, yeah. thank it's you. arresting.
1: <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And so that's, that's been like the coolest thing is to give almost those underrated brands mm-hmm. that like platform and like that space. And it's been really cool because these brands have now like started to reach out to me and like, yeah want to like work or like right. say nice things and it's it's really cool because like i'm just doing it cuz i like these brands mm-hmm. like i wouldn't make a project or like post anything about a brand that like i didn't feel some type of connection towards yeah. right and like that's i mean that's like a big part mm-hmm. of this thing and it's yeah. like it's not it's not cuz i'm i'm doing it cuz i want to cash a check or like mm-hmm. it's because i genuinely a con- yeah. have a connection right. like as a child or yeah. like just like, I don't know, it's an outdoor brand and I'm pretty crunchy myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's getting crazy. Life's getting crazy, yeah. right? And I could imagine like you have sort of two personalities now, right? Mm-hmm. It, you have, you wake up, you go to work, you have a nine to five. I have
1: corporate Nicole. Yeah, you have corporate <laughs> Nicole. And then
0: you have... Nicole, where her phone is melting during oh the day goodness. because of, like, I'm sure DMs, comments, you know, like, email requests for interviews.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. So are how is,
0: how is uh, let's call it this, like, work-life balance going for you oh
1: now? Oh, my goodness. It's super difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sleep.
0: Yeah, you have two full-time lives. I have two lives. full-time
1: lives. And, I mean, I like both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard because, like, it's been me just trying to, like, maintain both of them in the highest regard and, like, not lose,
0: like... Either. Either, you know?
1: And so I think the personal stuff, and this is something that I always, like, talk to people about and my friends and, like, getting yourself to go home and do personal projects Mm -hmm. sometimes is so hard. Yeah. Like it's just exhausting if you work a much easier to
0: go to a bar and just watch tv and go to bed (laughs) exactly
1: exactly and i was doing that for a while but then i started to feel like i wasn't like a designer anymore even though i was still doing like something creative during the day Mm -hmm. when you work for the man Mm -hmm. in quotations (laughs) uh, um you you don't always get all of your ideas out there, yeah. even if it's like, I mean, it's still stuff you're excited about or passionate about, but it's it's not always you at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So that's like a big driving factor in this. And like, I think my work has been very true to mm-hmm. me yeah. as a person. And like, that's like the quirkiness of it or like mm-hmm. whatever it's and like, I love that people will, like, now take this the time outside of work to, like, focus on these things. And, like, yeah. that's, how you, that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you should be doing. If, right. like, you're excited, if you're creative, like, take that time and, yeah. like, use it.
0: Right. True designers should never actually clock out. Yeah. That does, doesn't And make also, any sense. like,
1: working a 9-to-5 job as a creative is really, really difficult. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I use my nine to five to go to the meetings and answer the emails that I have to do. And I'm still doing graphic design work like at night (laughs) along with the projects that I'm doing. So.
0: Oh, for work too. Yeah. For work outside
1: of work. (laughs) (laughs) It's always just work, but it's fun. And like, Uh I like, I like doing it and like, I wouldn't be doing all this stuff Mm -hmm. if I, if I didn't enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I agree. I mean, we have like clients that want us to be like, um, how many, what's your hourly rate? How many hours will you bill? And I'm like, we don't, I'm not going to charge you per hour. Like I dream about your shit. You know, like if I'm working on it, it will be my, so I'm going to bill you for Mm -hmm. the hours I sleep too. It's crazy. So yeah,
1: no, you should never turn off. Exactly.
0: Um, so where do you see, like in, if you could draw like the most perfect future for Nicole, what does it look like? Are you like an, are you just a a full-time artist like it's so weird, because you could go brand route, mm-hmm. you could go label route, you could mm-hmm. go collab route, you could go pure artist route yeah.
1: i'm <laughs> I'm standing there looking at all of it right now, <laughs> and it's it's been really hard, and I've been very like pragmatic, I guess, about what that next step is, mm-hmm. because I don't want to limit myself, and I don't want to just take one opportunity because it's a fast check or something Mm -hmm. that's and that's exactly what i'm avoiding so like me going into my own personal brand like mass producing shoes is not probably the next step Uh i mean i'm not just not to say that i'm never gonna sell shoes or i'm never gonna make customs or something it's it's more just like right now at least in this moment and like for the next foreseeable future Mm -hmm. i don't I don't really want to be mass producing things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to contribute more waste into the world. I don't have the resources to be hand making one offs for everybody. Mm -hmm. So I do see it kind of going both ways, like with an art route where I do still have these conceptual pieces Mm -hmm. because I mean, I do a lot of conceptual work that doesn't even make it onto Mm -hmm. the gram because that's stuff that I like to keep for myself. Um, (laughs) And also probably a little bit too out there for some people, but and then I think the brand route is pretty interesting to work with brands like mm-hmm. from the outside and kind of take their own brand and kind of like spin it on yeah. them and teach brands to be a little bit more light about their product. And like they don't have to be so like worried like a franchise product has to look this certain mm-hmm. way like every time. And like I think that's the coolest part that I could see about it is like how can I take their own product that they've actually put out into the world yeah. already yeah. and like throw it back on their face and be like, look what it could be. Mm-hmm. So, when you say
0: more light, can you, what do you mean by that?
1: Like brands, they're so, uh, like, well, I mean, just working for like a corporation, you you can see that they're very worried about the products that they make in that like one false move. And if they try to be like ironic about oh, okay. something or if they try to like play poke fun at mm-hmm. something of the past or whatever. And I mean, it's hard this in this day and age because yeah. you have to kind of like keep yeah. have your boundaries protect and protect yeah. everything but at the same time you could ch- it's it shows in the product it yeah. really does like yeah. everything looks like
0: mm-hmm. when you have the safety on for everything then mm-hmm. your product looks hella yeah. safe yeah like, it does right? and, and like, you're saying so when you say be like maybe you also mean like just let loose like yeah. be a little bit reckless at times right yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. yeah
1: and i mean that's the most exciting thing right now is like getting messages from these brands and actually getting comments from the people that work at the brands of like the things that I post getting oh, like excited right. about it. Yeah.
0: Like, cause you, you highlight brands that often get no love. Unfortunately. Yeah. And like,
1: I, I have like one friend that works for Columbia. Uh-huh. Um, and like he gets so excited when I do stuff like with Columbia work, like, cause he's just like, it's, it's so funny to see it in that way.
0: It's refreshing to hear Nicole's approach and dedication to her work. Everything that she does is with purpose. Her work doesn't have to be fully thought out. Yes, there is a level of rapid prototyping she does, but the larger purpose of why she's creating these concepts is crystal clear. She's a creative who continuously thinks and finds a use for something she sees, whether instantly or over a long period of time. It's never about chasing the bag. It's never about being the biggest gram account. It's never about working with the biggest brand possible. It's about putting herself in a position to always create and to push her ideas to the next level. That's pure creativity. And that's why I have a deep respect for her. When you think beyond the money or the title, that's when you can do something different. Now, I can't knock someone for getting what they want, but always think about the reason for it all. Then challenge that constantly try to poke holes in it this will actually allow you to continue creating opportunities to do things on your own terms well thank you for coming on the show this was amazing enlightening yeah. um it, it's awesome just to, to interview people at this point in their careers because now from here we get to see where you go off into
1: yeah i'm really excited cool thank you for having you. me <laughs>
0: Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this inspiring episode with the clever and ingenious Nicole McLaughlin. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I personally use anchor FM. They have this great new feature called voice messages. Anchor's voice messages allow you to just leave me and my team a voice recording to tell us what you think of the show, who you want to see on future episodes, and ask any business questions you might have, or personal life questions. Whatever. I'm game. Also, leave a comment and rating on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think of the show. Tell a friend about the show. Spread the word. It definitely helps out a lot. You can reach out to me on twitter i am at jeff staple the business of hype is created in collaboration with bright young things you can check out their work at byt.nyc our director is daniel novetta our audio engineer is david rogers berry our associate producers are sydney Pacumpera and christina hong this episode was recorded at the staple design headquarters in soho new york city I am Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to the Business of Hype on Hype Beast Radio. I want to um I want to do a little exercise here.
1: Okay.
0: I'm gonna bring up a couple of posts that you've done. Okay. <laughs> and then I just want to show you, and then you could if can you walk us through like mm-hmm. what was the thought process and you know how you came about these pieces and stuff yeah, like that? Sure. Okay. Let's go to uh, an older one. All right. There was
1: some there was some selfies back before all of my product <laughs> started flooding.
0: Okay, let's do, Adi hotel slippers made from sweatbands. Yeah, this is the one you mentioned making mm-hmm. for the interview with Mark, right? Yeah,
1: so I did that very specifically, but. I was just thinking about like those white hotel slippers that you get, and like it has that like robe like yeah that robe. It's like a terry cloth. Um, And I was thinking about I was like, well, what other like material has that? Mm -hmm. I guess. And like I was thinking like towels and that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, sweatpants actually. And I loved the Adidas logo on it, and Mm -hmm. like I wanted to play that up. And that's kind of where you start seeing like the repetition of the logo.
0: Yeah. How many sweatbands did you have to buy for this
1: mm, or find? I think I found like a few and I actually had to buy a few just to to make up for it. We actually had them in the office. Is this hot glue? It, mm, so, no, it's actually sewed. I hand sewed that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I All think there right. was like six or seven total.
0: This one's one of my all-time favorite beanies.
1: Ah, the beanies. Okay, so I had a when this I was. Is, this is was, all
0: over Carhartt beanies. Car- okay. yeah,
1: Carhartt beanies. So I was actually. That's this is when I was living in New York. Uh-huh. There's this place called Pops. It's in Greenpoint, mm-hmm. and it's like a workwear store. And okay. like the manager and the daughter like fight in the store. They're <laughs> fighting in the store. They always fight in the store. It's like such a it's Pops fighting the daughter. <laughs> yeah. I love that store. <laughs> I love it. And there was so much drama. Um, but I went in there and they had this box of like old car beanies that were like snagged. And, okay, like, like little, like yeah. And yeah. so they were like selling them for like way cheaper. Uh-huh. And I was like, how many you got in there? And there was like a bunch. So I just bought the whole thing. <laughs> I bought the whole thing. And that's so I was able to make that slipper. And I and made... Then-
0: beanies part two which is a turtleneck sweater yeah
1: well because a lot of the time so if i do a part two which is usually like an apparel piece or whatever Mm -hmm. it's because like there's still something there Mm -hmm. in that like brand or that like the look of it and i don't want to like just give up on like the idea so i kind of evolve it to the next (laughs) thing yeah so that was the first uh that was the first garment i ever made
0: okay Mm -hmm. i like the garment direction so let's go to reusable eco bags oh, from whole foods
1: yeah i love those <laughs> it's, so it's a
0: vest made out of mm-hmm. whole foods like recyclable bags yeah
1: well i liked that i liked the message behind like the sustainability and like this I also, should be the whole
0: foods uniform. that's what i was
1: like thinking <laughs> i was like this could be their uniform like yeah. i can like outfit them um <laughs> it worked It had like a functioning pocket yeah, was, wow mm-hmm.
0: okay and then um I love this one as well. I can't oh, is this polo?
1: Polo pockets. Yeah. It's made
0: out of polo po-
1: pockets. Like just oh the whole
0: shorts. It's the pocket of, of the, the polo gi- shirt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's a lot of shirts.
1: That's a lot of shirts. Goodwill, two dollars for one <laughs> shirt. And so and that was Amazing. a lot of extra fabric that I made bags and I donated it back to Goodwill.
0: Oh, so you <laughs> took the excess polo shirt.
1: hmm And made like just some bags. Totes
0: like tote bag type yeah, things and just send and it
1: back.
0: brought it back to goodwill yeah <laughs> that's awesome
1: thank you it's because i don't want to wait waste do you put it. a label on it not the ones that i put in goodwill okay. so you, do you maybe put a label
0: in some like the newer stuff the that newer you do? stuff
1: the one that I, the ones that i sold uh-huh. online i have my a new it's just your name on it yeah so maybe someone has one of my pieces out there and they that's don't even so know cool that reminds <laughs> me of
0: like um when banksy just set up like an art stand in Central Park one day. Yeah. Like, guerrilla style. So good. Yeah. So good. Okay, and then this one, I think, goes back to your, to your childhood. Oh, uh, my lacrosse. lacrosse.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was just, like, stick thinking... Stick shoe. Stick shoe. It's just so <laughs> funny, because, like, it just gives you that shape, and that's, like, a way more conceptual one, yeah. and you could tell, like, the people that write on it, like, don't necessarily understand. They're like, why would you do this? And it's, like, <laughs> think of the shape and, like, how... Like, the pocket of, like, the lacrosse.
0: Yo, shout out, shout out Lemmy G with the caption, with the comment, lacrosse the line with this one.
1: Lacrosse the line. (laughs) The caption, the comments that I get are so good. I love them. (laughs) They make me so happy.